0: Welcome to the 11th episode of PH Pod, a podcast brought to you by the Boston University School of Public Health and Public Health Post. I am Nick Diamond, Managing Editor of PHP. In episode 11 of PH Pod, Dr. Michael Stein speaks on his new book, Broke, Patients Talk About Money With Their Doctor. Dr. Stein is the Executive Editor of Public Health Post, and he's the Chair of Health Law... Policy, and Management at the Boston University School of Public Health. We start our conversation with the stories that inspired the book.
1: Well, you know, this is really a book that comes from years of being a primary care doctor in one town. So you get to know a lot of people and you get to know them well. And Broke is really a book of many voices. What you find is that people... Um, end up talking about not having enough money quite often. They talk about alimony payments and funeral costs and utility bills and car payments and sometimes how those things relate to their health and sometimes just how those problems relate to their lives.
0: How have the finances of your patients complicated their health?
1: Well, in lots of ways, I think sometimes very directly, they complicate them by not having enough money to fill a prescription. And sometimes I or any doctor doesn't know, don't know that those prescriptions were left unfilled and therefore untaken. And therefore when a patient doesn't get better from Uh, something that should respond to an antibiotic. There's a reason that needs to be asked about. And so their money issues come up around that. Their money issues uh, come up less directly by just this fact that poverty really impoverishes one's ability to think clearly or very far ahead. And so... They, my patients, make uh, bad decisions in life. They make risky decisions about their health. They miss appointments. They're late for appointments. So uh, directly and indirectly, money changes
0: uh, the way people behave. You open the book by sharing the story of Perry who mentions that he's so poor that he has to uh, wash paper plates. Can you talk a bit more about how patients became so open to talking about money with their doctor?
1: I don't think patients will talk about money with their doctor on a first visit or a second or a third visit, or if they have an acute medical problem for sure. But over time as one gets to know them and spends time with them and has some leisure to the conversation uh, money issues come up. Now, now I, I always think that Americans in general don't like to talk about money, that, um, that, but, uh, that you know, children, your children don't know how much money you have or what your paycheck has in it. Um, but I, I, I found that there's really sort of a class divide on this. That is, working class people that I know and take care of they really don't hesitate disclosing specifics about their income and their rent and, and what they spend their money on. And, um, you know, when money is tight, people talk about it and think about it incessantly. And so what I found over time was that people were coming to me and asking me about their credit card bills and, um, how to stretch their budget and their taxes and the time of year when they would have a little bit more money or the time of month, they would have a little more money. So with doctors whom you've seen for a long time, people, particularly working class people want to discuss their lives as well as their diagnosis and medications.
0: How does wealth determine people's health?
1: Well, well, wealth is, is, the I would say, the predominant shaper of health in the United States. And, and, and the prime example for this that we know of is, take the poorest county in the United States, which is Oglala, Lakota County in South Dakota. And what we know there is that uh, the life expectancy is 67 years old, and that's the lowest in the nation. And that county also has the lowest median family income in the nation of about $26,000 per family. And when you look at Fairfax County, Virginia, it has one of the highest life expectancies in the nation at about 84 years and is among the 10 richest counties in the United States and has a median family income of about 129,000. So that's 17 years of difference between our poorest and our richest counties. And that is just dramatic and upsetting. And uh, I think is really the clearest way of showing that, that uh, health and wealth are associated.
0: What could a Biden-Harris administration do to mitigate poverty and improve the health of populations?
1: Well, I'll say this. I'll say that the fate of the poor really hangs upon the decisions of the better off. And if we're not angry or ashamed by that 17 year life difference, expect life expectancy difference between those two counties then things are not going to get better. And, and, and we can fix things, right? I mean, we, we really can. poverty in this country is a choice and the rates of poverty are ones that are, uh, clearly solvable. So, so where I generally start on this is that, you know, every politician of every stripe claims to be in favor of equal opportunity for Americans. That seems an easy one for every politician to say aloud. And every politician similarly says, well, we believe that children are, you know, not responsible for um, their circumstances and we need to look after children. And yet we have one in six children living in poverty in the United States, that's before COVID, which is a rate that is uh, unique and astronomically high compared to our peer nations and really a disgrace. So how do you fix this? Well, you know, people have tried for many decades to fix this. There was a recent National Academy of Sciences panel that offered a report that suggested ways to reduce childhood poverty so again, we're starting with children. I think it's a way in because you pick up the adults on the way to taking care of children. Um, How do you reduce that childhood poverty in America? And and, and the answers were um, simple things. They suggested a child allowance of about $2,700 per child per year in the United States. And that would cut poverty by literally one third. So that's a pure economic decision if we want to cut poverty by a third a childhood allowance and then there are things that go beyond that whether it's expanding medicaid or um offering pre-k universal um, classes which is a long-term effect on poverty but i think the fastest ones are really a child allowance um expanding medicaid um and third would be probably increasing a minimum wage. So those are decisions that we can make and should cut poverty dramatically.
0: Thanks for listening. This episode concludes season 1 of PH Pod. We'll feature more conversations with public health influencers during season 2 starting in January 2021. This podcast series is brought to you by the Boston University School of Public Health and Public Health Post which informs and inflects the broader conversation on health and social justice. Every day we feature new articles about the state of the health of the population. Join the conversation on social media and subscribe to the PHP Friday Roundup to receive our stories of the week delivered to your inbox by visiting publichealthpost.org.